You're listening to the Beauty Business Podcast. And today we're continuing our conversation from last week all about how to have those difficult conversations that you sometimes need to have with your team. Now, in last week's episode, we focused on the foundations, really what you should be doing as a manager to avoid the need as much as is possible to have these difficult conversations. But sometimes, despite all your best work, they are needed. So what do you actually do? How do you start? What do you say? That's exactly what we're sharing with you in today's episode. Hi, you're listening to the Beauty Business Podcast, now with over a quarter of a million downloads worldwide. Now, this is the podcast for you if you run an independent beauty salon, a skin clinic, or a spa. I'll help you reach your business goals through simple to understand, practical, and beauty industry-focused business information and advice that I've learned and implemented working with spas and salons over the last 20 plus years. So if you want more money or more clients for your business, or you'd like a bit more control or time back for yourself, then you're in the right place. I'm here to show you exactly what you need to do. Oh yeah, and who am I? My name's Adam Chatterley. I'm your host here on the show. Now let's get into today's episode. Hello, and how are you today? I hope you're having an amazing week in your business. Can you believe that we're already eight weeks into 2020? Maybe you can. I don't know. Now, I heard some people saying that January felt like a really, really long month. I think there was actually a meme flying around on social media, you know, asking if there were any other months in 2020 other than January because it just felt so long. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm really not feeling that. I think the year is flying by already. How is it going for you? So, Today's episode is part two of a two-parter. So last week on the show, I was joined by Sue Ingram from ConverseWell, who is a business coach and author and, you know, all-round expert on how to have better difficult conversations with your team. Now, in fact, Sue is the best-selling author of Firewell, How to Fire Your Staff So They Thank You For It, and has made a career out of training managers and organizations not only how to have those difficult conversations, but how to no longer need to have them in the first place, or at the very least, take the whole difficult bit out of the equation. Now, if you listened to last week's episode, once we really got into the conversation, it was clear that there is much more to this topic than initially meets the eyes. Funny how often that's the case, isn't it? Well, we really dug deep into the foundations of this topic and looked at all the things that you need to consider before having to have one of these tricky conversations. Now, we included in there how to reframe the whole thing in your own mind so that you not only feel more comfortable having these types of conversations with your team, but that you realize that you're actually helping your team more, your team as a whole more, and your team members individually by having these conversations more easily. Now, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, then I really do encourage you to pause this episode, go back and listen to that one, and then come back here because it really was foundational. And whilst we get into the nitty gritty of the actual conversations and what exactly to do today, it's going to make it make a whole lot more sense to you if you have that background from the last episode. And indeed, without that background, you're always going to need to have these conversations. Whereas if you've addressed some of the things we spoke about in part one, then the need for these types of conversations is going to be reduced anyway. So go and take a listen to part one if you haven't, but if you have, then great. So after last week's episode, I kind of left you with a little bit of homework. 
I asked you to take everything that we'd spoken about in last week and take a look at your own business and how you currently work with your team. Were any of the mistakes and the missteps that we mentioned evident maybe in your own salon or spa and the way that you already work with your team? You know, have you been guilty of hiring the wrong people? Have you been guilty of not actually telling your team what it is that you expect of them and all the other things that we highlighted? Well, today, Sue and I are continuing that conversation and we're really focusing on everything around what to do when there is no other option but to have a conversation with a team member. When to have it, where to have it, how to start, what to say, what to do, literally everything. And Sue gives some fantastic practical examples, which, as you know, we love on this show. But before we get into the rest of that conversation, I have some news for you. So earlier in the year, which is already eight weeks old, as we've discovered, right back at the start of the year, to be precise, I ran a beauty business owners bootcamp online for just over 100 salon, clinic and spa owners. Now, for one week, I did nothing else, but I focused on this and I went live three times every single day with motivation, with training, with ideas, with tips, with challenges, with as much as I could to get these amazing salon owners off to the very best start possible in 2020. Now, I had no idea just what we were going to achieve in that week. On day one alone, we were getting real results for those that were taking part. And I'm not just talking ideas either. I'm talking real bookings, real clients. In fact, we generated over 380 of them in just that first day, which is amazing. And it didn't stop there. We kept on getting results every single day. And not only did I have a fantastic time doing it, but everyone, and I mean everyone that really, really joined in, came to the live, took part, you know, had a go at the challenges, everyone really got something special out of that week. So why am I telling you all this? Well, because we've decided to do it all over again. Yes, we may be several weeks into the year already, but that's no excuse to repeat, you know, last year or the year before in your business and settle for anything less than amazing, transformational, better than you've ever had before results. Plus, I want to prove it wasn't a fluke. So I'm announcing today that the Beauty Business Bootcamp Part 2 is officially open for registration as of right now. Now, this time around, we're making the bootcamp Monday to Friday so that hopefully more people can take part, but everything else we're keeping exactly the same. Now, it's going to be happening in March. The exact dates you'll only find out when you register. And I just can't wait to see if we can get not only the same results, but even bigger, better results than last time. Now, I should also mention the whole thing is 100% free. All you need to do to register is go to beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash bootcamp and everything you need to know is right there. Just click the register now button and you are in, but you must register to take part. Now we've even put all the results and the thank yous from the salon owners that took part in January up there on that information and registration page so you can see for yourself just how much fun and how amazing it really was. Now I'd love for as many of you to take part as possible. Like I said, Everyone that really took part, really put the effort in, in January, got real world results. And I'd like that for you too. So please, please do go ahead and register beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash bootcamp. And I will see you there. So, okay, back to today's episode and on with our talk about difficult conversations. Now, like I said, today we're really focusing on the meeting, the actual conversation itself, what to do, what not to do, and kind of everything in between. 
So let's pick things right back up where we left them last week in the last episode and carry on our conversation about difficult conversations. Okay, so we're welcoming back uh, to the show Sue Ingram this week. Last week, we covered really kind of the, the, the foundations, the ground rules, the things that you need to put in place beforehand to make sure that you're, I guess, need to have difficult conversations, well, sort of minimize the need for difficult conversations, but also so that when they actually come up, they don't feel like difficult conversations to be had anymore. Is that about right? Yes. Excellent. And it's to... It's to go into this conversation with generosity to yes. help someone be better. Yes. And that's, uh, that is a huge mind shift. I think if you can go into any process with that in your mind, it's going to change. It's going to reframe the whole thing, change how you feel about it, how it goes with them, the outcome, everything. Um, mm. So I think that's a really powerful place. So actually, that's first on my list of things that we need to talk about today. So let's say we've done, we've hired the right people, we've we've done a, 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 as best a job as we can in terms of making them understand the values of the business and, and um, how they should behave and expectations of what's good and all these kind of things. And putting aside the, the, the really, you know, critical you know, things like stealing and all those kind of things that, that yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. to get to that stage. Yeah, okay. Um, one thing about stealing, um, <laughs> investigate before you make a decision. Right, yes. Do a full okay. investigation before you make a decision and suspend if you need to in order to make the investigation. Let's say it just comes, comes to your attention that someone is um, not meeting the standards or doing something that's, that's detrimental in a, in, a, in a smaller way to the business or something like that, what's the starting point? What's the initial thing that you should do when you recognize, okay, I'm going to need to have a conversation with this person? Okay. If it's a small thing and it's a little thing, then have a brief conversation almost immediately. Okay. Yeah. If it's a more serious thing and you've perhaps had a couple of brief conversations and nothing seems to have changed and they don't seem to be taking it seriously, then you need to sit down and plan. You need to plan your conversation. And that will take time. Okay. Because you only really have, you know, this is, it takes, it takes a lot of time to have these conversations and to give someone improvement and, you know, ask someone to improve. So it's very important that it, you hit it right. So you have to plan it. So let's let's frame a couple of examples here. So what would you class in in the environment of a salon or a spa? What would you class as a, a minor thing that can be something you can just have a, a little conversation on the spot? Okay, say they um, they are snapped at someone in the staff room. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just take them aside and say, "No, we don't snap at people here." Okay. Yeah. You know, you know that we're people who we we. We really like, and then you'll make your identity statement. You know, we're a team here. We work hard. We support each other. Mm-hmm. Okay. Losing your temper and snapping is not right. No matter how they provoked you, losing your temper and snapping is not right. And then just leave it. Then okay. just leave it. Um, but if you see them continually snapping, they, you know, and, and it's clear that for some reason that they're not, you know, something's going wrong here, mm-hmm. then you need to sit down and really think about What's going on here for this person, for them to change, to become the great employee that you need? And that's the key question. What do they need to change in order to become the great employee 
that you need and that you want. Okay. That's, that's quite a powerful statement and thought, and thought just on its own, actually. Okay. And that takes a bit of thinking about. Yeah. So really what we're saying is here, a minor thing is something that you witness maybe once and you think, just need to pull them up on that yeah. before it gets out of hand. But yeah. then if you notice that same behavior that initially was viewed as a minor thing, but if it continues, yeah. that's when we need to sort of maybe plan a little bit more. So yeah. let's say we've got to, we've, we've pulled them aside. Cause I, I think another classic is always like uniforms, not looking the way they should be, not wearing uniforms. You know, these are all the classics right. that we, we tend to hear about as a one-off, probably just something to highlight someone yeah. as a repeated thing. Okay. Yeah. Now we need to have more of, I guess, the, the conversation that we're all envisaging when we think about a difficult conversation, a sort of a sit-down meeting. Yeah. Or stand-up. If, if you've got something like a uniform not wearing, well, what is it that they need to change? What's the, cause, what's the cause of them not wearing the uniform? Is it that they get up late and they just pull on a uniform and they don't think about it? Is it because they? Uh, is it because there's something genuine going on? Like, for example, I was talking with one person about uniforms the other day, and she said she's wearing this cardigan all the time. Mm-hmm. And I said, "Well, do you have a cardigan as part of your uniform? Because she just might be someone who's cold and she needs mm-hmm. to have something warm on." She said, "Oh, yes, we have got a cardigan as part of our uniform. She's just not wearing the uniform cardigan." Okay. And I went, "Oh, okay. So it's not about." warmth or anything so you just need to do a sort of reality check on that or um is it because um in this case actually she said i think she's wearing a different color cardigan because she doesn't want to wear our color because it doesn't suit her skin tone (laughs) (laughs) which as a beauty therapist you can kind of get because you know we're in that field However, it, it was it was quite interesting um, because, in actual fact, what she was also communicating by wearing a different cardigan was um, she was, uh, despite assuring her that she would wear the right cardigan, she'd wear, I'd wear, I, yes, I'm going to wear the right cardigan, and she wore the wrong cardigan. Hmm. What she's actually saying is, I'm not a person of my word. Hmm. And I'm not because respecting I'm saying I'm going to wear the right cardigan, and then I'm not wearing the right cardigan. Hmm. And I said, so basically this cardigan is actually representing a breakdown in trust with you guys. She said, yes, it is. And I said, and it goes further than the cardigan. If she's not wearing the right cardigan, what else is she not doing that doesn't fit in with the salon? Because she's working with a client behind Hmm. a closed door. What's she doing and saying with that client behind a closed door? So this is really interesting because I think there's another there's another challenge as well for for people who haven't had a lot of experience managing people you almost you don't want to make a mountain out of a molehill so you you sort of like well at the end of the day it's it's in this in this instance it's a cardigan you know should i really be getting that worked up about it and the answer is yes right okay because one of the things that you definitely want as your identity statements in your salon is that we are people of our word right we are people of our word. So when we promise a client this, we mean it. Okay. When we promise a colleague this, we mean it. When we say, I'm going to check the stockroom, we mean it. When we say, I'm going to wear the right colored cardigan, we mean it. Because nothing breaks a team up more than not being able to trust someone's word. Now, um, when you put that out as a, an identity that you want your team to portray, mm-hmm. 
you might need to train people a bit on it because particularly when you've got helping, caring, nurturing staff, their habit will be to go, yes, I'll do that without really thinking whether one, they can or two, they will. Yeah. People are very glib to promise and overpromise and to tell people what they think they want to hear rather than actually what is the truth. But in actual fact, the you know, one of the key things that you want in your in your identity statements is we are honest. We yeah. are honest with each other, to our clients. We are honest when we've made a mistake. We are honest when we say, oh, I, I, I think I did something completely wrong with the till and I don't know what I did, but I think I've cancelled everything. <laughs> you, know, we, you know, it really helps when you get staff members that come, that come straight up yeah. to you and say, I think I've killed the till. Don't, don't get me started on the end of day procedures, honestly. The amount of times exactly, I used to... Exactly, because it's like, oh my God. Uh, it's like I yeah. used to say to people, please, please, just tell me what you did because if yes. you... If you yes try and cover it up. It's actually going to make my job harder figuring out what you did. I'd rather you yes. just tell me what you did yes. wrong and then I'm going to save the next two hours figuring out what you did and then have to come yes. back to you anyway. So, so when, oh. when, if, if, if you've got your staff being honest saying, I think I've killed the till, <laughs> you can go straight across there and say, okay, what did you do? And they go, I pressed that and then I pressed that and then it all went poof. Yeah, you usually, it's, usually it's, I didn't do anything. I didn't touch it. It's like, mm, well, you kind of did. <laughs> <laughs> There's... It's really helpful when you've got this identity about we're honest and we're people of our word. Mm. Um, and most people, sadly, in our society today are trained to tell people what they want to hear, mm. not what is actually the truth. So, so don't expect people to hit that target straight off because they won't. But you, you can help them. You can help them be that. So when they say, I will, I will wear the proper cardigan tomorrow and they don't, mm. then... Yeah. They're not a person of their word. They're not someone you want in your salon. It becomes not, not it becomes word. not about the cardigan. It becomes about the breaking about of the, the word. Cardigan. Right. Okay. And and it comes down to this exact thing. You you've given them a process or a procedure for treatment in when they're behind a closed door with a client. Are they following it? Yeah. You have no way of knowing. Got it. Except you now know they're not a person of their word. Got it. Okay. So the initial minor thing becomes a slightly bigger thing. So now we've got to have that slightly more, more slightly more formal, difficult conversation. <laughs> so, how do you start it? We uh, yes. How how do you start that? What's the process? Okay, the first thing is to is to uh, prep your opening statement. Okay. It has to be very short and it has to hit all points. It has to be ideally under three minutes, and it takes quite a long time to prep a statement that goes under three minutes. I, um, trust me, I can barely introduce myself in three minutes. <laughs> But the really good thing about prepping a statement under three minutes is that you hit all the points, you've got some prepared sentences, some prepared key strong sentences that you can repeat later on in the conversation and it really helps the conversation go through. So if we're talking about the lady with the cardigan, mm -hmm. okay, the first thing I would do is call them in and the first thing I would do is connect with them and build rapport. Okay. And I will... I will, I will get into the point where we, I will make statements that I know they will agree with. I will make statements that I know they will say yes to. It's an old salesman technique. Mm -hmm. If you want to sell someone somebody, 
build rapport. Now, I'm going to sell in a difficult message. So I, I don't want to alienate them and I don't want them to get very frightened by me and simply close down and deny everything that I say because that doesn't get us anywhere at all. So I need to build rapport. I need to get connections. So the f- first thing I'll say is, thank you so much for coming in, uh, whatever. And now I know that you uh, really enjoy working here because you've talked about this. And I know that, and, and uh, also you've been brilliant about that or anything that you know that, where you can praise them and they'll say yes. The classic thing is, I know you really want to be successful in this salon because no one says no to being successful. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like that. The other classic is, I know you want to be happy in your work. Yeah. Because no one ever says no to that either. They go, yeah. yes, I do. Okay. I know you want to be successful and I know you want to be happy. Um, or you, you can say, I know that you're really excited to be working on the spring campaign, if you know that to be true, by the way. Right. The whole idea is to get them to say yes to you. So you make statements that they go yes to, but you make statements and they go. So you are now in agreement. You are now in agreement. You're connected. You're in rapport. Now you can talk about. Now I want to talk to you about this um, cardigan issue. And they'll go, oh God. (laughs) That's what this is. (laughs) You'll go, yeah. Yet again, today you're not wearing the right cardigan despite telling me yesterday you would. Now, that is the issue. Mm-hmm. Today you're wearing the wrong cardigan, despite yesterday telling me you would. Okay. Now, um, I, the cardigan in of itself is neither here nor there. Well, no, I wouldn't say that because it is there, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, the real issue here that I want to talk to you about is the fact that you give me an assurance and then don't follow it through. Okay. Because that's so the they, real issue. So when they start going, oh, well, I didn't because it was in the wash and I realized it was blah, no, blah, blah. No, no, no. You've run out of excuses. You've run out of, You've used those excuses so many times. Yesterday, you promised me that you would wear the correct cardigan. You're not wearing the right cardigan today. So I want to talk to you about your habit. Now, this is a key word, habit. Habit of telling me what I want to hear, not the truth. Okay. Oh, bang. They're like, oh, shit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now I can't make excuses about about that. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) Because when you give me your word and don't follow through, I, I feel... Well, I feel, and this is so important to talk about how you feel. Yeah. Okay. I feel saddened, disappointed, and it has to be a genuine feeling. Mm -hmm. And also I I begin to feel, and I hate feeling this, I don't want to feel this about any member of my staff, but I'm beginning to feel I can't trust you. Now that's between the eyes. That's going to make oh, sense, this isn't about a cardigan. Yeah. This is, a, this is a whole bigger thing now. This is something I've really got to focus on. Yeah. And it's so important to talk about feelings, um, very important to talk about feelings in this interview, um, about how you feel. One, people can't argue with how you feel about something. They can argue with facts. Oh, yeah. But I wore the right cardigan on Tuesday. Mm. But they cannot argue about how you feel. Yeah. 
Also, when you introduce the topic of feelings in this conversation, you're saying that feelings are okay to be discussed in this conversation. So they are therefore free to talk about how they feel. Right. So if there is... feelings drive behaviour. Yeah. So if there are some mitigating circumstances, if there is a a problem, an underlying problem that you've not been aware of or something like that, they feel more comfortable to bring it up. Then you can talk. There was a... a um, I was talking with a manager once and we were, were talking about this in training and she came back and she'd given her difficult conversation. She said, Sue, it was amazing. And I said, really great. What, what happened? She said, well, I told him what was going on. His performance had fallen off for, for about 18 months. He was dragging his feet. He wasn't really there. He wasn't really there. Mm-hmm. And she was very worried about this. So she called him in and she said, you know, I, I, I'm getting the perception, the sense that you're not here. And she presented the evidence about why she thought that way. And then she said, and that makes me feel. And he immediately responded with, well, I don't feel a member of the team. And she was like, oh. <laughs> and she said, um, why is that? And he said, well, it was that joke that was made against me at the Christmas party. Wow. And she remembers the joke. She remembers the joke. She said, I remember the joke. She said, and I remember wincing at the time. Right. And I didn't realize how that had. Yeah. But, but actually if it made her wince and she wasn't receiving it, what was it like to receive it? Yeah. Okay. She said, so immediately the conversation went on to completely uncharted, unplanned territory because she wasn't expecting that answer at all. But it made perfect sense to her how he had felt, how he felt misaligned, how he felt misunderstood, how he was not being valued by the team and how he consequently didn't feel a member of the team. Therefore, he was dragging his feet. Right. And that's a great example because I think that's that's a huge part of why people are worried about having these as, as positive as you want them to be, these difficult conversations, because these things can go anywhere. <laughs> they like, can go anywhere. <laughs> and you've got to be prepared for that and, and yeah. I guess, be armed with a few ways to cope with things. You, that can, are go you, sideways you, can, you can sometimes, well, you can in your planning think, how are they likely to respond to me mm-hmm. and plan an, a response to that. If it goes completely off piste, <laughs> then don't be afraid to go, this is interesting. You give me new information. I need to think about it. Let's go yes. have a close to this meeting. Yes. Let's speak again tomorrow. Yeah. You don't have to be the yeah. expert on everything in the world no, ever. You don't have to have the answer there and then. If yeah. you need time to think, then say, I need time to think about this because yeah, so you've given me something new. Be okay yeah? with that. I hadn't realized that or, gosh, that makes sense. I've got to think about it or just call it. But ha- continue the meeting at li- no more than two or three days. Right. No more than two or three days because um, otherwise you have to start the whole conversation again. Well, yeah, it um, puts you in a, yeah. a totally, a really difficult situation because then then yeah. they've like raised something with you and you've done nothing about it. So that's now that's now making them feel even worse because they've raised this, yeah. raised this issue, whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, yeah. And whilst whilst it may be consuming your every moment and you're thinking about it and trying to figure out what to do next, to them it may look like, oh, well, I've told them this deep innermost feeling and they've just ignored me so again yeah, so it's... don't don't be afraid to bring them aside and say you know i said i said i'll think about it but i need a bit more time to think yeah. about it do stay close to them yes you've got to think of safety you've got to think of safety when, when you're dealing with stuff yes and how important is 
Because again, I'm thinking of in a typical salon that you're not, you're not flooded with space to have these conversations. <laughs> a lot of salons don't necessarily, they may have a staff room, but that may be the only space that's available. Um, you know, how important is the, the setting to have these kind of conversations in? It has to be private. Right. It has to be private. It doesn't have to be in a room. Mm-hmm. It, it can be under a tree, to be quite right. frank. Um, but it has to be private. You can go into a coffee shop, right, but I wouldn't I do that either. Okay. Actually, <laughs> because it can be overheard. Yeah. And particularly if you're in a small town, uh-uh. I mean, oh someone's going to pick up something and it's yeah. going to be the wrong end of the stick, as sure as eggs as eggs. No. Um, it might be after hours. It might be in a treatment room. It might be, um, yeah, you've got to be, it can be in a car. Okay. You know, if, if needs be, it can be in a car. Um, it, as long as you're coming off generous, as long as you are saying, I'm, I'm telling you this in order to help you be better. Right. And remembering that a lot of people don't know what they're doing wrong. They really, truthfully, honestly, completely do not know what they're doing wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And and like you've said a couple of times, come at it from that point of generosity, come at it from helping them be the better member of staff, member of the team that they so, can possibly be. You know, when we're talking about this rapport point at the beginning, and I know you want to be successful, they'll go, yes. And I know mm. it's important for you to be one of the best therapists in our town. Yes, I so want to be this. Great. Let me tell you something that I think will help you do that. Amazing. <laughs> And suddenly they're going, oh, okay. And then you're into it. Okay. So we have built the rapport. We've brought up mm-hmm. the real issue. The real um, issue. If you may have if, to give evidence. You may have okay. to give evidence. Right. So um, have a couple of instances. Well, sometimes you've got a perception of something okay. going on. Okay. And it's okay to present a perception. I perceive you're not happy in your job role. Hmm. because you've thought the one thing that they need to change is to be happy they want to they have to want to be here if they wanted to be here everything else would be sorted but they appearing to me at least at this moment in time that they don't want to be here okay and then you have to follow that perception up with evidence and the reason i think that is you're coming in late when i ask you to do something extra you roll your eyes and go You know, why do you think the way that you do? Now, you could be very wrong in your perception and you must be ready to be wrong in your perception. But your perception is valid. Yes. Because you've got it. It's like like your feelings as well. They can't argue with your perception. It may may be wrong, like I said, but it's what you're seeing. Okay. So presuming then that it doesn't go wildly sideways on us. (laughs) Oh. And if it does, there's nothing wrong with asking for, okay, this is new information. Let's pick this up. I need to think about it. Yeah, yeah. So let's, presuming it doesn't go off there. Well, the next thing to do, the next thing to state is what you want in place of what you don't want. Okay. Because this is the bit that people often miss out. Um, It's easy to say, stop doing that. Don't ever do that again. (laughs) (laughs) But what are people supposed to do in place of it? Yeah. (laughs) okay so this can be a tricky bit all in it all in its own place Uh, it's going to depend on whatever they say to a large degree so again you can plan a few 
yes. contingencies for this, but it's it is going to have to come off the back of whatever they say to your initial. Um, actually, actually, you can do quite a lot of planning on it. I mean, okay. it came about because once a CEO told me that he wanted me to be more enthusiastic. <laughs> okay. I'm glad you're laughing at him because I think I'm pretty enthusiastic. Anyway. I think you're enthusiastic. I'm like, okay, well, what's that going to look like? <laughs> exactly. I hadn't got a clue and he didn't tell me. And I was young at the time. I was right. in my 20s. So I didn't say, Pete, what do you mean by enthusiastic? I didn't, didn't, didn't have the you know, life experience to challenge my CEO and say, what the heck do you mean by that? So he went <laughs> off. He walked away thinking job done. Yep. He's Sorted told that. me I'm enthusiastic. Don't but me. I haven't got a clue. And do you know what the result of that was? I avoided him. If I saw him coming down the corridor, I went the opposite way. Yeah, no, yeah because you're like, okay, well, what am I supposed to do? Just be wildly uh, over the top? I of, didn't know. You know yeah. Um, and I was a people pleaser. I would have done whatever he said, bar yep. anything illegal or more. But, you know, um, uh, but he hadn't been explicit about what he wanted. So you have to say, so if it's something like, I want you to show more enthusiasm, what do you mean by enthusiasm? Yep. How, how would you judge someone to be enthusiastic? Um, okay, I want you to show more enthusiasm. Okay, so when a client comes in, I want you to look up, look them in the eye and smile and okay. say good afternoon. Mm-hmm. that's what you want um when someone goes when someone goes through and they start talking about their holiday um you are to respond and go in an enthusiastic tone of voice and go oh did you have a good time that's showing enthusiasm mm-hmm. even when you've heard it a zillion times before <laughs> yeah? you know um you've got to be explicit Say, for example, we've got someone who shouts at a colleague when they do something annoying. Yeah. Um, it's not enough to say, don't shout to the colleague. Mm-hmm. When you get frustrated by a colleague, what are they supposed to do to, in, place. Right. in place of the shouting? Because to be quite, we're such habitual creatures. We are such creatures of habit that... When I'm frustrated, my habitual response is to shout. Hmm. Well, actually, you now need to develop another habitual response. What are you going to do in place of shouting? Yeah. And you need to talk about that. And if there's been an instance in the staff room where they've shouted at a colleague, then you talk. What, what could you do in place of shouting? What could you do instead? Hmm. Got it. Yeah, because it's... It also tells you, when you when you identify what you want people to do, it get, sets them up for success. Yes. Because they know what they need to do in order for you to go, well done. Yeah. You did it. I noticed you looking frustrated and you did what we discussed. This is brilliant. Well done. That's great. Keep doing it. It gives you an opportunity to step in with praise. And teams, successful teams, are extremely positive places. And you need to have, you need to look for every opportunity to step in and say, well done. And that's only going to reinforce that positive habit then, because if you've if you've told them what you want from them and they do it and you can reward them on it, that's only going to make them do it again and not go back to the old, the bad old ways. And of, sometimes it might be a bit confidential, the whole conversation, so you don't make a big thing of it in the salon, no. but you look at them, <laughs> Set you off smile, the fanfare. and you win. 
<laughs> and you wink and you get and they they look at you and they smile back and they go yeah yeah, yeah I did it Here you go you know it, it can the, sometimes it's the smallest little whispered well done yeah. that can make that can be very meaningful for people it can because if you go back to what we were saying last week about um, making sure that your staff respect you and like you because they respect you rather than just liking you because you trying to be their you friend. Buy the buns on a Friday. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, a thank you from someone that you respect or a well done yes. or a bit of praise oh. from someone you respect is worth so much more. Oh. Um, you know, that, that can be the route to them having an amazing day, week, enjoying completely. their job, all of that kind of stuff. Completely, completely, completely. And then the final thing at the end of your conversation is you must document it. Right. Okay. Because uh, this is an informal conversation Mm -hmm. and to prove that you've had the informal conversations, which ACAS asks you to do in terms of um, disciplinary stuff and all that kind of thing, you have to document that you've had it. Okay. So, but don't make it formal. (laughs) (laughs) Seventeen page legal document. No, 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 no. no. (laughs) Chatty email. Yeah, a little email, a little note. So glad we had this conversation where we discussed cardigans and trust (laughs) issues. You have assured me that you are now a person of your word. No, that's a slightly that's slightly too long. (laughs) You know that you will wear the right cardigan and you will demonstrate and thereby demonstrate to me that I you are a person who can be trusted or whatever. Think of something beautiful to say, Um, and uh, and just date it, sign it, and bang, go on. Um, The if you're looking for improvement, because then you can go back. If you've documented it and it's the cardigan thing and they go back to wearing the wrong cardigan, Hmm. you can go back and say, we talked about it on X date because you've got the evidence, you've got the email that we talked about an X date still not being done. Yeah. And then you can go into that. Because that that was going to be my next conversation, uh, my next question. Um, Well, that was, you've actually gone to both of them there, how to end the conversation in in the first place. And so that's kind of a a tie up. And I mean, is, is there... Is there a way to actually end the conversation similar to the way you started it in terms of that building yes. rapport? Is there a... Yes. Okay. Yes. The next thing to do is, particularly if it's something that is improvement over time mm-hmm. or, or, or hitting a target or something like that, is to review it in a month. Right. And set the review date and time at that meeting. Okay. And do not move that date on time unless there is a real significant business reason to do so. Because as soon as you move that date or time of the review meeting for something that's just a little bit more convenient or something like that, you're telling them that this issue isn't important. Right. Okay. This issue is important. You've taken time out to plan the the, the meeting, to hold the conversation it is now crucially important that it that it the improvement is made, and you signify that by saying we will meet in one month to discuss further, to review and discuss further. Okay. Date and time, and don't move that meeting. Okay. Then, um, then they by this time they've got oh god this is not going to go away. <laughs> this is not them just going off on one again and forgetting it next week. Yeah, it comes back to the principles before. again. Yeah. Yeah, which may have happened before. Uh, 
and then talk about what improvement you want to see in one month. It might not be the whole problem solved. Yeah. Because particularly if it's something habitual, it takes a lot of effort and a lot of time to change a habit. But you want, you definitely want to see some effort, some application, and some steps towards improvement. Is it worth as well leaving the door open? So if if it isn't such a clean cut thing of as we discussed the, the cardigan issue, but more of the enthusiasm issue or, or not enjoying what they're doing. Do you leave the door open for them to be able to come to you between yeah. that new meeting and now to sort of say, how am I doing? Are there any other yeah, sort of pointers you give me? Okay. Definitely. One part of the of the meeting might be offering them support or training or saying, what do you need from me to help you improve this? Mm-hmm. Um, as a manager, practice the honesty and uh, the trust issues and only promise what you can definitely provide, what you know you can definitely provide. Yeah. Okay. Because if you don't provide it, the whole thing falls apart and you have to start all over again. Yeah. And it comes back to keeping your word as well. It does come back. You know, you can only ask people to do what you're willing to do yourself and keeping your word is a big one. So um, you offer support, you offer all that kind of thing in there and they. when you close the meeting, you say, I believe in you. I know you can do this. Right. I'm right behind you. Some positive reinforcement. You can battle with this. Behind them. Um, I want you to give this your best shot. If you have any problems or if you hit an obstacle and you can't get around it, come, come and have a chat with me again. Mm-hmm. Yeah? But we've got the review set up for one month. Mm-hmm. So we're formally reviewing it in one month. But that doesn't prevent you from coming up and saying, Sue, I tried and it didn't work. What can I do instead? Yes. And that immediately feels like so much more of a positive, productive meeting than a scary conversation because you've got your point across. They know exactly what the issue is now. It's not the cardigan. Um, And they know what to, uh, and they know what to change and and what you expect and when it's going to be reviewed and and everything's just clarified and cleared up. Yeah. And habits are a real tough thing to change. Yes. I mean, if any one of us has given up smoking, given up chocolate, caffeine, um, snapping at our child when we're tired, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's tough. You know, like, oh, I've snapped again, I've snapped again. I promised myself I'd never do that again. Look what I've done. Habits are really difficult and we need to support our staff in the changing, in, in, in changing habits. Wonderful. That has been amazing, Sue. Thank you so much. You've been so generous with your time because we've been we've been here for such a long time. Been two here whole for a long time. But I think uh, and I wanted just to, um, if all this was a bit of a blur and you'd like a, um, a sheet of paper that spells all this out for you. Yes, you mentioned this. Yes, um, you can download one. Well, you can connect, click on it, and connect, and all we'll do all that kind of magical stuff by going to conversewell.com. That's converse like in talk well, like in good.com, conversewell.com forward slash DC, difficult conversations, forward slash DC. Excellent. And it's it's got, it's nine, 10 pages of how to plan your conversation. It is fantastic. I downloaded it the other day and had a little look through it and it's, it's absolutely fantastic. So we'll put a link to that in the show notes pages and in the podcast description as well. So um, if you are driving or doing anything else and you can't remember what that link was, just go to the show notes pages, uh, (laughs) click on that. We'll put it right at the top. So you can't miss it. Um, We'll put that in there. Sue, thank you so much for your time. It's been fabulous 
having this conversation with you and, and discussing these with you and, and you're so generous with your your time and your advice it's been a pleasure and you know you managers out there you can do this it works follow the process and build your fabulous teams of people it and, is and uh, and yeah it's cool. it's 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 one of the most difficult one of the if let's say sort of scarier sides of being a manager but yeah. i think with these with these bits of advice and, and following these things it doesn't actually have to be it can actually be one of the more rewarding parts of oh, being a manager once you get once you get a reputation for building teams and mm. building careers and oh it's fantastic it is it is so thank you again we'll put all those uh, information in the show notes and uh, and hopefully we'll catch up again soon sue yeah anytime thank you thank you so there you go i promised you a good one didn't i now talk about a masterclass in how to have these types of conversations with your team no longer do they need to be difficult no longer do you need to dread having them or even speak to a member of your team about something now you know how to change your own mindset on the subject and how to also you know approach it in a different way and when to approach things much more easily now as sue mentioned she has very kindly shared her best tips and advice on this topic as a downloadable guide. Now, we covered a lot in the last two episodes and to have a handy guide to refer back to to make sure that you haven't missed anything out is very valuable indeed. So to get your copy, all you need to do is go to conversewell.com forward slash DC for difficult conversations. And we will, as always, put a clickable link to that in the show notes pages, which you can find waiting for you at beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash episode 81. Now, I really hope that has helped you. Maybe you've got a difficult conversation coming up yourself. Maybe you've been putting off having one with a member of your team. Now, I hope we've given you the confidence, the skills and the tools to make it a positive conversation now rather than a difficult one. Now, if you have any questions or feedback, please do let us know. Leave us a comment on the show notes page, which is beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash episode 81 or something new we're doing is to link the podcast up with the Facebook group, Beauty Business Hackers. And you can go there. If you're not already a member of the group, just click to join and we'll let you in and then post your comment, thought, question or feedback with the hashtag episode 81 in there. So hashtag episode 81 so that we can find it and we know what you're talking about and we can respond to it as well. And also don't forget that registration for the Beauty Business Bootcamp Part 2 is now open as of today. We're going to be doing it in March, so only a couple of weeks away now. And you too can get the same results that the salon owners that took part in January got and are already having a better year in their businesses for it. Now that's all from me for now. I hope you have an incredible rest of your week. I'll be back again very soon. In fact, I'll be back right here, same place, same time next week. Bye for now.